Hello and welcome everybody back to Warcraft podcast number 34. It's the post Dreamhack podcast and I want to talk everything everything Dreamhack today because it was so good. It was so good. You guys uh, keep on listening to this podcast and most of the time we have bad news from either Blizzard or from the tournament scene or we're waiting for a patch or we discuss stuff like negative stuff. Not today. Today is not such a day. Today might be one of the most uh, wholesome, most lighthearted episodes we've done so far because DreamHack was just such a good event. I want to call it the best event I ever participated in. And I've been part of offline events for 12 years or 13 years, whatever it is now, I'm getting old. But this one, this one was so special in many, many regards. And I want to, I want to tell you all my, my feelings. Yeah, I'm opening up, little emo boy, uh, talking about feelings. Because I couldn't have hoped for a better send-off, maybe except the final day's results and games. Because they were a little one-sided thanks to Happy Storminance and also uh, Hitman maybe being a little nervous or whatever. But hey, if that's if that's the biggest concern, man, then whatever. So I want to start this by being a little negative. Um, but very, very, very briefly, because going into this event, I didn't have the best feeling and not the highest expectations. And that is due to the reason that you probably heard on streams. We announced very, very late that we would be the casters for this. I mean, it is pretty obvious, right, that we would be doing this. Because who else? But negotiations took a little. And then just just an example. Our journey started on Thursday. Uh, Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday. Um, the flights and all. And we didn't get our flights confirmed until Monday evening. So this was all a little back and forth. It felt like, okay, are they... Is, is DreamHack ESL uh, treating this as a high-priority event or or is it just the, oh, we have to do this? So it felt a little odd that everything was so last minute. But that's the only negative, or one of the very few negative things that I can talk about. Because, like, we knew that we would be flying on Tuesday because on Wednesday we had rehearsals and on Thursday was the first day of the tournament, right? So it had to be Tuesday. And, oh man, just traveling again felt so good. I'm always flying from Hamburg, and this was such an easy journey for me today. Or oh, not n not today. Uh, last time. Uh, uh, this time. Because, like, just to give you an example and a comparison, when I traveled to Cologne or Berlin um, for the Meisterschaft, cast studio cast to berlin i need two and a half hours i think by train to cologne i think i have to spend four hours so flying from hamburg to stockholm took 90 minutes and it was so chill and so relaxed and just being at this airport again where i start every single one of my my journeys to big tournaments whether it be wgl in china or blizzcon in americas or whatever just felt so good. I didn't travel by plane uh, since the pandemic started. So yeah, I took a few trains here and there and went to some places by car. But being at the airport again, it just it just hit me that moment that hey, this is this is like the old days again. This is uh, I'm just hours away 
from seeing all these friends again that I haven't seen in 22 months, I think, since Anaheim or even longer for, for some people. And yeah, all my concerns were blown away, really, at that point when, when I was... Uh, at my designated coffee spot in that airport when I uh, had the last cigarette before flying. It was just, it, it felt so good. It felt so good. No stress at all. No hectic at all. Uh, I arrived a little earlier than, than usual because I didn't really know if there's new... Uh, controls or anything, uh, new new checks for like a vaccine certificate or whatever. It was all super chill, super smooth. And then ninety minutes later, I dropped at Stockholm, and oh my god, what a beautiful country! I've been there once before uh, to meet with Team Sweden with Thorzane, Starshaped, and Scud, and all the boys. But this was in a very very small town, and. Our tournament, of course, was in Stockholm, which is uh, the biggest town in, in Sweden. So I, I had a good impression of that country already. But this one, I felt home. I felt home so quickly. The people were so nice. From, from the minute I landed, I just felt this is right. This is where we belong. This is, uh, this is where we're going to have a good week. So I went to the hotel and... I went through this revolving door that hotels have and checked in. And one minute later, I see Lawlight just waiting for me. We, have co we, of course, have been in contact via WeChat. And here, it dawned to me that this is the most important thing. Of course, I was hyped for all the players being at one place for this big tournament where all the players were preparing really, really well for but just the friendship and seeing the people again. 22 months since Anaheim. And then all of a sudden there's Lawlight. Like It was a surreal moment. And, and not the only one I had this, this weekend, I can tell you. So uh, big hugs were exchanged. And lots of talking, of course. We had to catch up with all of our lives. Even though we all were in contact with like VChat and, and Discord or whatever. But it's just different. Um, it was all like, okay, we know. This might be our last time. It was all a little, uh, you know, double-edged swordish, a little... Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Bittersweet. It was all a little bittersweet because we all knew, okay, this might be the last time. Nobody talked about it. Everybody was just happy to see each other again. And yeah, the first two hours I spent with with Lawline, who's my bro. Like he got me a gift, this nice jacket you probably saw on Twitter. Um, oh man, I miss this guy so much. And I think this is just the perfect example of this event. My my friendship to Lawline and how close we were again, and it felt like we didn't. That there was no time between last time I saw him and th this time again. And this that was the case with probably everyone. Uh, we joked with Hawk. Uh, we saw Foggy again, finally. With all the Koreans, it was super cool to hang out again. Like, Focus, in the meantime, of course, has become a father. He's still the same funny little shy guy. 
but always a smile on his face, always cracking jokes. Soen is still whining about Orc like last time and uh, always wears a smile on his face. Chemiko, I think, improved his English a lot and was super cool to hang out with as he's always interested in like movies and music and uh, in this case, like whiskey and, and liquor and stuff. And yeah, that, that I think was the first evening where we shared a dinner together and just exchanging balance whining, basically. Like, things didn't change at all. Last time I saw them, everything's so imba. Now this time, everything's so imba. But just in, in a good, fun, lighthearted way, you know? Just to reconnect to each other. And that first evening was already cool. And then for the first time, we also met... I I met Krav outside... And my god, what a what an amazing person Kraft is. Always he was I think he was just thankful for every single second he spent there. Uh, of course he said, like, oh I miss my family, but I I'm I'm just so happy to be here. Um Kraft is when it comes to giving vibes to other people, a little bit inspirational, to be honest. He knew he's not the best player in this tournament. His English is not the best, but man, did this guy put effort into connecting to other people and sharing stuff on his socials. And he was just having fun from start to finish and was so cool to see. Um, so after I met the guys for the first time, I had to go to the studio because, of course, they were using our overlay and... It's always, yeah, I can write a manual to set this up, but it's better if I do this uh, myself, right? So uh, they ordered a cab for me. And here is already where it showed that player management and talent management were incredible. We had a WhatsApp group with uh, the project managers of, of this event and one to two talent managers. And these guys, Emma and Sarah... Angels, absolute angels. You could contact them 24-7 or 24-5 well, or whatever from the moment we dropped till the moment we departed again. These guys were there for us for anything. The smallest question regarding the broadcast, they had the answer. You were hungry, they ordered something for you. Like anything you just can't imagine, um, they handled really, really well. And sometimes it took, an hour to get an answer. That was, like, max. Incredible. The entire opposite... Uh, the entire opposite of getting the travel booked. And this was another sign that things would be very, very cool. So I took a cab. They ordered a cab for me uh, to go to the studio. At first I couldn't find it, but then I met our producer, Max, who is a sunshine guy. This guy, I think... From the six days we were in, he slept for like four hours or something. This poor guy was grinding hours so hard. Uh, but I set everything up and I got to know the people behind the scenes, like uh, social media people and people just responsible for the broadcast. And here it showed again, like everybody was so nice. And I don't want to say excited. Because everybody said, like, oh, I, I, I don't know this game. You have to help us a little bit. And that's typical for everywhere we go. Because uh, 
what kind of production company does Warcraft streams, right? Nobody. It was all fine. And we helped them out. And it was a cool exchange. They were all generally interested in, in what we did, especially the guy doing the replays um, that you saw in the games. This guy soaked up uh, knowledge about this game like a sponge. And he hit the right buttons, I feel. The highlights were most of the time really, really good. And I saw the studio and it looked so cool. And the broadcast, I think, looked good as well. We provided them with some stats and, of course, the overlay. Everything went fine. And then we had a good evening together. A couple of beers were exchanged. Uh, we still had to wait for Carson. This poor soul <laughs> had to travel for 26 hours from his little island in uh, Western Canada. He took a boat, he took a bus. He had to... Uh, change flights like three times or something or planes like three times so he was only arriving on Wednesday um, so Wednesday was the time of the rehearsal and we knew that Roddy would also be arriving on Wednesday but we didn't really know how late so we sat in the lobby we had a designated uh, time like please be in the lobby at like 2pm or whatever so we go to the studio we have a rehearsal and we met with Todd, and Todd just being like he is, uh, super fun. He's always in these situations, like when we are with casters. Todd is pretty much the glue that holds it all together. Um, he's always interacting, he's always pushing for stuff, he's always trying to exchange ideas, and it's always the guy throwing in a fun idea, or throwing in a joke to, like, lighten things up. Uh, Sometimes with balanced wine, obviously, <laughs> but um, Todd is a really, really, really important member of this group. So we're standing in the lobby, cracking some jokes, and boom, here comes Rotterdam. And we haven't seen each other in two years, two and a half years, I think, since we were at WCG in Xi'an. But we knew each other, and we got along so well. And of course, there's a very, very special chemistry between Roddy and Todd. And... Talent-wise, they couldn't have done it better. I felt so welcome and so appreciated. And I had so much fun with these talents. It was the perfect group of, of casters or people for this event. Uh, Roddy, of course, a little afraid that he would mix up StarCraft and Warcraft. Because, you know, it's, it's in his uh, muscle brain muscle memory to stay StarCraft all the time, but he was of course he loves this game of course he has a big history with it um, he knows most of the players still we had to tell him a couple of storylines and uh, the status quo of the scene basically, but he knew what to do he's also not very used to like hosting, as he's much more a caster than we are but man, he, he did this so well, and we had so much fun. There was always a smile on the broadcast. There was always a smile on the desk. doesn't really matter if it's a sound check or not, because sound checks, you know, or rehearsals, oftentimes super boring. But with these guys, time flew by. Everything was set up nicely. And yeah, the, the, it was just all around good vibes. And everything... Uh, was alright. The producer knew exactly how much he has to talk to us. 
um, to give us a little bit of freedom. Um, I felt that the desk segments were oftentimes a little short or rushed. There were so many storylines going into this event that I'm not too sure if we covered them all properly because uh, you want to have games as fast as possible because most of the people are just interested in the games and the action. But I think there was more potential for more storytelling in the broadcast itself. But that's that's my only concern. We started the day and um, it was all well put together and we saw their, their so-called hero shots for the first time that they did on Media Day where uh, they had these uh, LARP weapon thingies and standing in the fire and seeing this alone, like a little compilation of all the players doing this, everybody's, oh, not everybody, but most of the players seem to have a lot of fun with that. There was, uh, everybody was a little secretive before, like, oh, what did you do? What did you do? What, what did they make you do? Because some people were standing there with a book in their hand, right? And some others uh, did the boxing gestures. Nobody really told us what they do did explicitly, but man, they all came out so well. <sighs> First day of the broadcast then. In the evening hours, by the way, uh, we spend a lot of time together, whether it be in Roddy's room or in Insub's room. Like There was never a moment really throughout this entire weekend where we had me time or... Um, we're just on our own. There was... Everybody wanted to interact with each other. Of course, next to the practice, whenever they were done with practice, they were grinding hard hours, everybody. Um, but man, spending time with Insub, I knew that I would like the guy just from his dream persona and, and how we talk and chat to each other. But Insub... Very, very welcoming dude. Super fun. Of course, he's a loud mouth. Um, but this sometimes needed, right? An entertainer who pushes things forward. Insub was... He was surprising me in a positive way even after coming in there with high expectations. Like this guy, I could spend two months with this guy. It's just, uh, I mean, he's just in real life as he is on stream. And that was real cool. Real, real cool uh, to, to spend time. And of course, ex ex exchanging stories of old tournaments. And as it is, it's just the boys, right? Um, it was a little bit like when you did a class trip back in school. Everybody is hanging out in the hallway. Everybody's cracking jokes on each other. Just all around great atmosphere. And then... I gotta say, Roddy was part of it all. Like, every single second he was there and uh, interacting with everybody. So yeah, first day of the broadcast. Uh, little rehearsal once again before to make sure everything is working and to get the rundown uh, perfectly. And there I stand, this was so weird, there I stand on a desk because uh, I was opening up the show with Todd and Rotti and Remo and Carson were commentating, I guess, or doing, doing commentary for the first one. So I stand there being a little nervous for the first time in forever. And the first match was 
Focus versus Remind, right? So we break down the importance of this tournament, the scale of this tournament, and then we start talking about this rivalry between Focus and Remind that lasts for 15 years or something since the Zotac Cup days. And it felt like time stands still for a second. And I see, whoa, on the graphics, it's Focus and Remind. The guys I was watching when I was just a fan and not a cast and not involved with the scene at all. And I'm standing in the middle of Todd and Rotti, who I considered back in the day the greatest casters that this game has ever seen for the GOM TV tournament. Especially in the English language, there was not really the caster duo. There were always, like, Rotti was there for all the WCGs, but the Rotti and Todd cast for more than a decade, I thought that's the best casting that this game has ever seen. And then, yeah, I was in the middle of them. It was such a blast from the past, and it felt like, it really felt like time standstill. So that was a special moment. And throughout the entire, the entire group stage, I think we just had banger matches one after the next. I was a little concerned at first that some games might be very one-sided. For example, uh, all the, the replacement guys, right? Kraft, Insub, uh, Lucy. Um, I I thought they, they don't stand a chance, but man, they all delivered. Uh, Kraft got a map up of Focus. Lucy got a map up of Hitman and Chemico. Insub got a map off of Hawk and got several hero kills versus Moon. And there were all these special moments, like Foggy versus Remind being such a cool match. Remind also standing his ground versus Focus, uh, being in the winners' final. Big upsets just from start to finish, or from yeah, from start to finish of the group stage, I guess. The the comeback stories in most of the groups, where in the winner bracket. Player A wins, and then they get the rematch in the lower bracket decision, and then player B wins, and ah. <sighs> There was just gorgeous Warcraft. Everybody came in to put on a fight. It was a little sad, though, that um, games were played on Bnet. There was a little bit of a discussion before to use Flow or not. And I really... I was so afraid that we get another disconnect because, of course, as you all know, on Battle.net, there's no reconnect feature on uh, War 3 Champions there is. And the War 3 Champions team, they set up a server in Stockholm for this event. So players would have been on, on 1MS, uh, but apparently there were some technical difficulties or concerns, and they played it on Bnet. So I thought, okay, guys, if that's your decision, we got a disconnect, I'm just leaving the studio. <laughs> I was so afraid, but everything went smoothly, and I think the quality of games was great, and there were no big issues, except uh, maybe, in hindsight now, the version of uh, Shallow Grave that was used throughout the tournament. In case you're not familiar to that topic, uh, Moon lost his Engine of War twice in his games on Shallow Grave, and the thing is that there's different versions of Shallow Grave out there. Of course, you all know the War 3 Champions version that we use all the time that is on Ladder, um, but prior to the fall season, or well, winter season, ESL made a map pack, um, 
where there's no mention of War 3 Champions on the maps, for example, but uh, it says some text like, welcome to the ESL Pro Tour, this is the official map pack, and they had the official map pack. The thing is, that map pack uses an outdated version of Shallow Grave, where the creeps are a little more aggro. And yeah, unfortunately, uh, Moon didn't realize this too late and got his engine of war killed twice. This you can, the you can see this from from very different approaches. I you can argue that hey, uh, as a professional player, you should know what maps they are using. Um, you can blame ESL that they didn't update the map properly. You can maybe put a tiny bit of blame to War 3 Champions that they didn't update Cello Grave alongside all the other maps and uh, patched it, basically. But it's not really their, their work. Um, I think that's mostly to ESL and partly on Moon as well, because all the other players realized it very early on, like already in the winter season. This was talk. That the latter version is a little different from... Uh, the tournament version, the ESL version. So, yeah, a little bit of a bummer, but especially after getting your Engine of War cancelled once, you should probably check it. I don't know, man. Uh, it's a tricky subject. Whatever. Uh, that was the only downside, I think. So, what else? What else happened? Oh, our Korean translator, uh, Hajin Soon. What a gem. What a gem. Roddy and Todd knew her already from, I guess, some StarCraft events where she's doing translating and hosting and stuff. Uh, first day or one and a half was a little getting to know each other, but afterwards, what a wonderful, wonderful person. It was the perfect addition to the four boys. Uh, five boys, right? Yeah. Roddy, me, Remo, Todd. No, four boys. Carson, Carson, yes. Just a perfect, uh, perfect addition. Always cracking jokes, giving us some insights about the Korean players. She was also player managing them. And so we heard who's whining the most, what are their expectations, uh, what are they talking about. We got good insights from her and we fed her a little bit of Warcraft knowledge and yeah. And damn, is she great at Dance Dance Revolution. I can tell you that much. Like 600 APM on the Dance Dance Revolution board. Just... I would love to have more events with her. Uh, couldn't have chosen a better translator. Once again, the talent they picked just absolutely perfect. So... When it comes to games and results... Of group stage, I think uh, Foggy looked really good. Remind was surprisingly good. Um, focus a little underwhelming this entire tournament. I was very happy, as I said, for for Craft, Lucy, Insub that they were able to take maps. In Group B, it was super fun to see that we got Hitman vs X Lord. What a banger match on Tight Hunters that was! And Chemico, it was nice to see his progression throughout the groups. Like, the first match against Exalt was very shaky, very nervous, but once he got used to the conditions there, it was very good, I think. And he become even, or he, he got better and better, and then at some point eliminated Exalt, uh, who was a little sick, 
uh, no COVID or whatever. It was all tested. But maybe that influenced his performance there. Because it was a long day. It was the very last day, uh, the very last match of day one. And maybe he just felt a little sick and couldn't bring his absolute A game. Would have been cool to see x there, but also Chemico. Nice guy. Uh, very, very talented, of course. So Hitman winning the group. A little bit of a surprise. Apart from the first map, I think he brought his A game. And then day two had this... Uh, pretty one-sided game by Lawlight and Hawk. I was very, very worried for Hawk there already. Hawk didn't bring his best, I think, um, unfortunately. He can't play better as so often also in offline tournaments. He struggles to deliver uh, from time to time. Moon vs. Lawlight was very nice to see as uh, it was a little foreshadowing of the Foggy vs. Lawlight series later on. And then... I was sweating bricks for my boy Lawlight in the lowers finals where Hawk finally uh, performed a little better and it was such a close series. It went back and forth, tucks of war, turnarounds in these games and I wanted Lawlight to win this all. Like, you probably saw it on some socials. As a commentator, as, as commentator Neo, I'm obviously calling everything straight down the middle as good as I can. Uh, there's always some personal bias, must be, right? Otherwise, you're not human. But I really felt that winning uh, th winning this tournament would have been the perfect story arc. Uh, also for our tournament journey and for this era of Warcraft. Because he saw his rise in 2015 and struggles for this tier 1 uh, title. Or to, or to get that tier 1 title that almost everybody else got in the meantime. Even Focus. Despite his, you know, offline big game uh, anxiety. So, for this guy who brought us so much joy and influenced the meta so much with Warden Plays, with Creep Routes, who's always such a fun and interactive part of the community, it was him or Foggy that I, I thought they deserve it most. And that would be the coolest story for both of them. And I know that after the regionals last time, Lollard was really disappointed going into that tournament in March as one of the favorites and then just crashing in this group stage. So I could see him um, getting nervous because he could have won that winner bracket game already against Moon, but he decided to go for a ward and Moon hard counted him. Great read by Moon. And then... Hawk wins the first map, and I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, don't let this happen again, because I spent so much time with him, and I, I saw all his prep sheets, and his thought process, and just because he's such a likable and, and funny guy, that would have been heartbreaking to me, uh, but game three, going going for so long with Warden Panda against uh, tier three human, this was once again a little bit of magic that they displayed at War 3 Champions already, with a better outcome, uh, for Lawlight, a little bit of a gift by Hawk there as well, but there was uh, I couldn't help, I wasn't casting that match I, I couldn't help but get in position for my desk segment I think, and just hug the shit out of this guy and I was so proud of him that he pulled through and kept his nerves together and delivered his A game. 
And I think, yeah, it, it, it is an ESL tweet. You can see it uh, in the video version. You can, you can see it right here. Once I pull this up correctly. There you go. Like, so good that the camera caught this. This was such a special moment. After not seeing each other for 10 months and cheering for this guy so hard. Just this big emotional hug. He was so relieved. I was so happy. And this continued to happen after pretty much every game he played. Like against Foggy. I was able to interview him and it was super fun. As he's one of the best Koreans to be interviewed. And that is... That is just... It's... It, this 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 was not really about for me personally not about the tournament not really I was not really too invested who wins at the end because when it came to the playoffs everybody already won um, of course money is important especially for the players but you know for me I get my casting fee it doesn't matter I don't have to I don't get a bonus when I perform well or whatever um, so for me we already won because this friendship. Um, of, of like-minded people who are still clinging to this game, who are so... He were kicked in the ball so many times and still kept on grinding and kept on motivating themselves and kept on interacting with each other. This was all done already. We we put a check mark behind that after the first hour, I guess, spending time together. And... Getting to know these new people like Krav, um, like a cruncher also, like an insub, introducing them to the other guys and, and being this big group of friends. It was really 20 plus friends at that tournament. There was no uh, Hitman versus X-Lord uh, backstage animosity or X-Lord versus Insub or whatever. Everybody was just so cool and nice to each other. We had so much fun together. Uh, like Grimo and X-Lord, they uh, went around the hotel and put, you know, uh, empty dishes in, in, in front of X-Lord's room just as a little, you know, as a little joke. And this kept on going. Like, everybody had great interactions with each other. Instep was a little starstruck when he was talking to Moon for the first time and uh, had a long conversation with Chemiko. They never met. And, uh, of course, it's I think communication between them must be really tough because Chemiko's English isn't the best, but uh, he's he's getting a lot better. And Instep is, I think, for the Koreans, the hardest to understand with how fast he speaks and being this uh, French-Canadian accent he sometimes wears so i can see that this was hard but man we are overcoming this every single time it doesn't matter if we sit in a chinese hotel room with yumiko and we talk to each other via translator apps it works and this i guess the same there just you can make it work you these these people there this group of people we wouldn't need words to really understand each other it's just big friendship and yeah, that was the big win. That was the big takeaway. This was also something that I saw um, on on socials, like your comments. Also, 
the final shot of the broadcast, uh, fast forwarding here a little bit. Me and Remo did the cast and I felt like, I, should I say something um, to end this circle? No, this is probably not the right time. And I threw to the desk and Roddy ended the tournament and there was, of course, the happy interview with the fireworks and I know, okay, the show... I went to the studio room because the caster's desk was a little, uh, like, 100 meters away or something. So I stood there waiting for the show to end and I thought the cameras are off already when Roddy started to jump around and then we all gathered in in front of the desk and we hugged each other and we exchanged so many nice things on that last day because everybody is so appreciative of all the others. Like Roddy killing it on the host and being genuinely invested and interested and, and feeling the love for Warcraft again. Um... Todd able to make some jokes and to create some new memes. Remo has always uh, great casting, great looks. <laughs> and man, we got to talk about the boy Carson. This little funny fella travels 26 hours to his first offline event where he's in front of a camera. He doesn't show any sign of fatigue or nervousness. This man just fucking killed it. Every segment with him was great, was interesting. Every cast with him was so much fun and so hype. Especially, I was a little lucky that the games I cast with Carson were incredibly hype. Um, what was it? The Soin vs. Sock series, last series of Day 2. Also, I don't know. There, there, there were so many. Hitman vs. Axel was also me and Carson. I feel like we were a little, what's it called? Blessed to get good games. And then for the playoffs, they introduced this Weatherman segment, which is basically a theory craft with a drawing board, right? And oh my god, did Carson nail that first time in his life he did that! Solo segment, technology you've never used before, and you didn't see any signs of nerve. I was so impressed with this guy. I was so impressed with this guy. Also, social interactions, not awkward at all, not shy at all, just throwing himself into the mix and I think he had a great time with Cruncher and Hitman finally finally seeing each other um, e either again since Anaheim, first time since Anaheim or for the first time with, with Cruncher and they spent so much time together online that uh, it was just heartwarming to see that 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 interaction yeah Dreamhack man what a tournament and again throughout the four days what this production did was really good it was so nice to be working with them and uh, for the first time also like usually when we are working with the producer uh, they say everything is great even though it probably isn't and, and we rarely get any feedback on what we do this time it was such a nice working en en environment it was hey uh, I noticed you have a pattern of doing this and this. You could do it better if you do it this and this. Like, not blasting us, not criticizing us, just giving small, simple advice. And that made everything so much better. Uh, I think we were staring into the camera for the first two days a little too much and then made it more natural for day three and four. Uh, they were always listening to our suggestions. We were like, uh... Uh, maybe we can focus a little more on storytelling and less about, like, matchups or maps or whatever. 
And they were, for some reason, really appreciative of what we did. They had, oh, uh, the, the, the production room is literally on fire, uh, but you guys saved it. I didn't notice that at all. It was so chill to work. It was so fun to work. Um, the producer in our ear, always lighthearted, even though we were sleep deprived for like three days. Oh, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this so much. It was the perfect send off. As I said, playoffs may be a little underwhelming. Their players didn't perform too much. Especially 3-0, 3-0, 3-0 on the last day was really disappointing. Uh, Focus not being able to challenge Happy was a little disappointing. I absolutely love the Lawli and Foggy series, though, and the Hitman Sock series as well. But yeah, the, the, the semifinals were really underwhelming, and the final a little bit too. Like, Happy was just too dominant. Of course, would have loved to see a happy Hitman game. This feels like we're a little bit uh, robbed of that, that they didn't cross path. But yeah, that was kind of by design, as the top two point holders of the EPT uh, tour are seeded into different parts of the bracket. This tournament could have gone on for like 10 days. We would have had amazing content, I feel. Uh, Post-game interviews are really nice. All the little video segments were kind of cool. It was cool to see that you liked what we did there as well. It was, I think, last day prior to the final was a long day of quarterfinals. And then at around 11 p.m. they were like, hey, can we shoot some videos with you guys to have uh, filler content for, for the last day? And yeah, of course. That was nice. Uh, we, we locked Remo in and out. Uh, Todd legit destroyed a mouse in that segment when, when I said that we have to uh, prepare our gear and stuff. Todd legitimately destroyed a mouse there. We've never done this before and this kind of filler content was really nice. We also, prior to the last day, did this little social video where I'm sitting there Staring in front of the camera like serious mode and the uh, some the Russian the the uh, so-called Russian anthem is playing and then uh, it's Carson and Todd singing the American anthem because they were cheering for Hitman and Remo doing the uh, the Gangnam style dance and stuff. It was just <sighs> everybody wanted to do as much as possible. And apparently we brought our A-game casting as well. I haven't... I, I didn't look back on this, but I was always... It was a joy listening to these guys casting. The Remo and Todd interaction as well, where Remo pretends he's his best friend because it's the Undead Human matchup. And... Ah... Amazing. Just amazing. Yeah, last day after the finals... We knew, okay, this this is, again, probably the last time we see each other. And only very few people were not going to the after party. There was, uh, I think, Hitman. I don't know if he was disappointed, but he said, oh, I'd rather go to sleep. But everybody else uh, went. It wasn't really an after party. They just told us a bar where we could hang out. And it was a super cool bar. It was like arcade hall meets uh, pool Billiard place meets bar, or meets arcade hall, whatever. And it was fun to see the Koreans play play pool. Apparently, 
that's uh, not too common in their culture. <laughs> Looked a little amateurish. Uh, Remo and I destroyed Carson and Cruncher in pool. And yeah, it was nice that the production was there as well. We all had a couple of drinks. Very expensive, by the way. Uh, got a little tipsy and then moved on because we met freaking too good legendary esports uh, player turned caster turned uh, game developer absolute legend was working for ESL back in the day and did uh, Dota Internationals as a host and stuff like absolute freaking legend and he and his brother are apparently pretty big Warcraft fans so uh, they came along for the last day and when this bar slash arcade hall was closing they're like hey right around the corner there's a nice bar with rock karaoke let's go and we went for quite a long time uh, just one drink after the next and uh, almost everybody went on stage. Remo and Focus was singing We Are The Champions and that was such a cool moment because there was a little stage and then there was a little uh, spot for the audience. So if your friends are singing on stage, you could basically be their fans and cheer for them and sing along with them. And when Focus and Remo were on stage and, and sang We Are The Champions, like there were everybody was on that floor, that dance floor, on that crowd floor, and this moment to me, this song, with these people, I will never forget this moment. Because, as I said, we went through so much, we went through that botched Reforged launch, um, everything could have been, should have been, whatever. But there we were, group of friends, drinks in their hands, celebrating what we accomplished in the past two years and more or rather six seven years seven years i guess since wca 2014 this or that wec 2014 whatever you want to start um the the post zotec cup era is is what i kind of call it that was the send-off that was the moment that i will never forget and i will yeah, I, I do have those post-event blues, not gonna lie. I miss everything. I miss the people. I miss the working environment. I miss uh, being treated so well. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, of course, we're gonna have Meisterschaft's broadcast, which will be fun. But on an international scale, this might very well be the last big event on that scale. And we made the best out of that moment, I think. Just incredible. Incredible emotions. Uh, everybody hugged each other and sang along and standing there arm in arm. Just incredible. And then um, we went on at like 3.30 or something. Uh, me, Remo, Insub and two of the production people. And we went to a bar on a boat. Turns out it's a gay bar, but who cares, right? As long as you have fun. Um, and we had a lot of fun there. More more drinks, uh, more, more dancing. It was basically a club on a boat. And that, I think I went home. Uh, me and Insub went home at 5 a.m. or something. Because 
my my shuttle to the airport was at 5:40 a.m. It was a very early flight, so we partied through the night without any kind of sleep. Um, and it wasn't even I I didn't regret it for a second. I wouldn't have missed any any second of that night. Uh, I met Remo when I was checking out, and he came back. Obviously, he spent a little longer because his flight was a lot later than mine. And you know, just just recapping this a little, and we had a. Usually, we are not too emotional with each other. Of course, we 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 share a couple of feelings, but it's mostly work related. But there in that moment, it was the biggest hug I ever gave him. I, I guess uh, it was the biggest hug that he ever gave me. It was the perfect night. It was the perfect end of this tournament. Um, I had a long talk with Roddy. Who was like, uh, we're in the same boat. We are kind of... Uh, the children abandoned by their parents, of course, meaning Blizzard as the StarCraft 2 people are in a kind of similar situation. Um, not as bad. He said, right, if you ever need my help, if you ever uh, want me for a show match, we got Roti versus Remo, by the way. If you ever need me for a show match, for a little clip or whatever, hit me up anytime. If you want to throw ideas around, if you need any help, he's so... He's just Roddy. He's just so genuine. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have so many good things to say about this entire journey. Lots of positive comments on, on the socials and so much awesome feedback. And uh, yeah, you, you saw us hugging on the stage and I, I didn't know that you were seeing this. And I, I was re-watching the final moments of this broadcast and I thought, oh, the camera was still on us. <laughs> and so many hearts in the chat. So... I haven't seen much negative feedback on, on this entire journey thing and this entire tournament. So I we were incredibly happy. The players were uh, very, very happy. Um, you guys apparently were very happy. The production team was very happy with us. Is there a better way to end this DreamHack circuit? Probably not. Maybe with a foggy win, with a Lawlight win. I had to comfort him a tiny little bit after the loss in the final, but he knew that it would be rough. So I guess second place, he's very happy with that. And yeah, next episode will probably be a lot about the future of Warcraft. I just don't want to touch it here because it would take away the mood. Uh, it would ruin this. I hope I could give you a little bit of insight. We will do a town hall. With Craft Insub, uh, myself, Todd, of course, this Sunday. So probably more stories there, and and more insights. And but this is just me, my my unfiltered uh, version of this. A tournament I'll never forget. The best tournament I was ever part of. Um, a production team that really, really cared. Uh, players who gave it their all. Uh, broadcast talent that tried to make everything special. Even more than, than usual. 
a broadcast team that is just friends. Not colleagues. We are friends. Like, I, I would invite all these guys to my wedding, if there's a wedding ever. They they would be on my list. Todd Remo Carson. And Roddy. Roddy is fun. Come on, let's invite him as well. <laughs> I'm kind of sad it's over. Because all the online seasons were really fun as well. And challenging. And we always got this one step further and always improved. Winter season was a little bit sad because we knew that it would like the circuit would be ending and not renewed in 2022. But apart from that, like the 2020 seasons and the first two seasons of 2021, we gave it all. Everything we can do from this little uh, bedroom broadcast production here in freaking Germany. It was a pleasure and an honor to bring you the Streamhack circuit. Uh, I grew a lot. I learned a lot. And this event, this this global final, was just a gift. And I thank you for being part of this. And I see so much support since then. Like, our Patreon is blowing up a little bit um, for its standards. The sub numbers are good. Uh, big donations coming in. Like, you enjoyed this. And this is so cool that we finally got what we deserve, even though the final day was a little underwhelming. Of course, there must be something, right? In a Warcraft scene, we can't have a 100% event. No, no. But that won't not rain on my parade at all. Uh, okay. So, next podcast is about the future. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. And it's time for the Q&A, because I asked you in Discord, uh, what do you want to hear? And what do you? What are you interested in? And there are a couple of questions here. Um, how did you decide who will cast the matches and in what combination? Was it? Was it race based for some? Um, that is like usually we have the list of matches and possible matches. Like for the group stage, we obviously don't know who's in the winners final. Uh, but we sit together, all four of us, and say, hey, does anybody have a preference? Does anybody really want one match? And then uh, it's pretty natural by now. Like, Todd is oftentimes taking the human games. Uh, Remo is always interested in the happy games. I take the Night Elf mirrors because I like them and uh, some others don't. But in general, there's no fighting about this. Actually, it was it was funny for the final. Uh, we were asking like, okay, who wants to do the grand final? And everybody was like, hey, it must must be uh, Neo and Remo. And we were like, what is that really? Is that really so obvious? You all step back. That's kind of nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, are you really sure you don't want to do this? And Todd, you've never done the grand finals or rarely done the grand finals. Don't you want to take? No, 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 no. This is you guys. And it's just. Mutual agreements every time. There's no fighting about matches. Um, we make it work. You have to step back sometimes. But then you are getting lucky some other times. It's very natural. But yeah, in in general, Todd wants all the human matches. Uh, Carson feels a lot more, like, even more comfortable than usual with orc matches. I'm fine with anything. Who came up with the hilarious behind-the-scenes idea? That was the producer, Max. 
How funny was the recording? Yeah, man, we had we had lots of fun with that. Was there anything you were unhappy about the Orga? Um, yeah, I would have loved to play this on War 3 Champions, I guess. Would have loved to get my flights a little earlier. Um, as I said, would have loved to have more storytelling and a little bit longer desk times. I don't really like the predictions. I think you can scratch them. Also, showing the map pool, you can scratch that, give a little bit more story to the players. Yeah. Uh, Armin is asking, you've mentioned the warmth of the crew and casting. Could you elaborate on this and why you think this came to be? I think I answered this already throughout, right? Everybody is just a great group of friends or knows each other from like StarCraft or something. And I don't know, it's just fit very, very well. And it wasn't, a, it's, it's never a competitive environment. It's just, hey, we are here to give people what they deserve. And we're doing our thing, which you apparently like. And nobody has to fake anything. And nobody is fighting. We, we grew together as a team. So it's just natural um, that this worked here as well. Machiak is asking, Dreamhack was a great opportunity to meet some of the players in person. Did someone surprise you in particular? Maybe someone turned out to be much more likable in person rather than online. I think I praised Insop already. I praised Krav already. Uh, Chemiko improved a lot, even though I always liked him, but he's becoming more interactive in general. And I guess that's it. That's that's my positive standout people you think happy's dominance will last for years i will answer this next week i think on the podcast as uh i, I kind of want to keep this focused on the event itself is there a chance that esl warcraft will return very 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 little but also uh probably answer this next time How did players feel about this tournament? Um, I think very good. Conditions were good. They also had a great player manager, I feel. In Francesco, I think was his name. So it was different than the talent manager. Uh, they also had a player manager. And I heard nobody complaining about anything, really. Tell us more about backstage contributions of Back to Warcraft to the organization of such a tournament. Uh, yeah, we we tell them if there's a special storyline between the players. Uh, what else? Yeah, basically, they they do their job, and if there's something that Warcraft that is maybe a little different in Warcraft than it is in other games, we tell them. And. Yeah, we changed a little bit of the rundown according to that to make it more interesting and faster paced and yeah, stuff like that. Is it possible to use this experience and recognition of your production as an organizer of such a tournament to find sponsors? Yeah, that's also for next week. 
I guess I covered it then. Um, yeah, about tournaments and next year and everything. All that in the next episode, as there's, of course, a lot to talk about. <laughs> but yeah, um, gonna be good. Gonna, we, we, we will come up with something. We always come up with something, you know. And I'm very, very hyped for W3IL. Four-player cups are continuing. Um, Ted Cup is coming. There's a new Huya tournament as well. Nations League looks amazing. That starts in 2022. We have this Chinese team tournament rumor where apparently uh, $210,000 will be handed out. And, you know, some good news coming, I guess. And with that, I leave you. But not without thanking all the amazing Patreons that are making this possible. I won't go through all of them, obviously, but the bigger ones, which is Knubberquakes, the golden goat supporter of uh, this one. Also, Toxie, thank you so much, not only for, you know, your your monetary contribution, but also that you constantly work on War 3 Champions and made the Stockholm server happen. Uh, Dondolare, Grinchy, Jagat, Scription, Kato, Teggy, Armin, Burning Blades, KMS, uh, Kuba, new one, thank you, also Niels, Thank you guys uh, on the profit tier or above. Hope you enjoy this and uh, hope you're back next week. It is starting to be Christmas time. And if you guys want to gift some hardware, who would you think of? Maybe uh, the eSports hardware manufacturer of the year, Corsair? Probably, right? Uh, they continue to sponsor us here and you get a 10% discount with the coupon code BACK2WARCRAFT. So head over to backtowarcraft.com slash support. Click the Corsair link. I can show you right there. Uh, click the Corsair link because then they track that uh, this click is coming from Back to Warcraft. You end up on Corsair. They have amazing gear from uh, cases to keyboards, headset, uh, monitors and streaming gear as well cameras audio stream decks uh, green screens lightings of course they have mice as well thought uh, might be forced to buy a new one for that poor studio right there and uh, yeah of course great 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 gear award winning gear from corsair and if your brother or uh, homie is in need for a new mouse think of corsair and use the coupon code back to warcraft for a 10% discount. And of course, on the support side, there's also links to uh, the Twitch sub section where you can get all our emotes and the chat badge and all that. Links to the Patreon that I explained so far, uh, one-time donations and merchandise. Maybe you want to gift uh, someone a Back to Warcraft hoodie. Winter is the perfect time for that. So that is episode 34. That's the DreamHack episode. I hope you were able to um, relive this a little with me. There's probably a million other stories uh, to tell, as you will hear on the town hall. That's the follow-up, basically, to this podcast here. But I hope you saw how genuinely happy and thankful I am for this tournament and for this entire circuit. Uh, thanks to all the people at ESL, thanks to all the people at DreamHack. I'm sad that's over, but I will never, never, never forget these five days. So much love, everybody. See you soon.